Are you searching for that key to build the rock-solid marriage that you've always wanted, even in the middle of all the demands of family life? Do you ever find yourself yearning for just that inspiration and some practical guidance from a family who's already been there and done that? This episode is an absolute gem because we had the privilege of sitting down with the incredible Manning family. They're also the hosts of the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. They have seven children and an inspiring ministry, and they have mastered the art of creating a strong and unshakable marital bond. They will share with you all the details of how that went because it wasn't always perfect. We're going to talk today about prioritizing our marriage, creating effective systems, and really discovering common ground as a couple. You are absolutely going to love this episode, and I know you will benefit from listening all the way to the end. We are going to talk all about ways that we can really transform our relationship into this unbreakable force that helps our entire family last through the generations. You will want to be able to hear this incredibly meaningful conversation and be listening out for some really funny stuff too. (laughs) This one is a pure delight. Your relationships are the heart and soul of your well-being as they are mine and Steve's and they deserve to be cherished and nurtured. And so today we're going to have the guidance of this beautiful couple, Dawn and Suzanne Manning. I hope you go and check out their podcast as well, Crazy Cool Family, and they will help to equip us to create a strong and loving family environment where we truly can flourish. Welcome today. I'm so thrilled to introduce all of you to Dawn and Suzanne Manning. Steve and I are delighted to have you guys here. We've been really looking forward to this opportunity to talk to you guys. So thank you for coming. Yes, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited too. Yeah, we're excited to visit with you. So you guys have an amazing story. You have a really big family compared to today's average standards. And you have an amazing ministry as well. Um, Crazy cool family. And so I'd love for you guys to tell us a little bit about your family and your ministry and how you got to where you are right now with helping families the way that you do. Yeah. So after seven kids, we figured out what caused what was happening. And so we stopped. (laughs) And so, uh, and no, uh, actually we never planned on having, I don't know. I think secretly Suzanne really uh, wanted to have a big family. Didn't tell me about it. Not so, true. <laughs> Not true. We never set out. When we first, on our first day, we didn't say, I want seven kids. How about you? I mean, we yeah. didn't do that. It just kind of evolved, if you will. One kid just, you know, and we even laugh sometimes and say the last two weren't necessarily planned. They were definitely given to us. God's like, hey, they've got a good thing going. Let's give them a couple more. I mean, they're definitely two of our favorites. And so we're glad that God gave them. But actually, you know, I know that your audience is a lot. There's a lot of homeschool families in your audience. And and one of the things that happened with us is we joined a church that had a lot of homeschool families. And so uh, for us, we got exposed to some families that were different than us and different than the norm, had more kids, were being more intentional about family. And it really opened up our eyes to say, well, wow, is that a possibility? I joke about Suzanne always wanting her have a large family. But for me personally, it really did open up my eyes to go and we love kids and we um, and we are hopefully creating a good environment for them. What if we what if we allowed a few more into the into the family? You know, and I think that was kind of where it started. And then we just kind of let God talk about to us about where it ended up. That's awesome. I love it. We have five. We also really didn't ever set out to say, oh, we want five kids. It's just nope. similar story. You know, we got one. He was amazing. 
So we had number two. She was really cool. And it just kind of went like that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Such yeah. a blessing. <laughs> yeah, so now we now we have seven and we have, uh, they go from 33 to 17. So we still have a junior in high school. We've um, got... Well, they're multiplying at a very high level because now they're getting married and having grandchildren. So, and the, I guess two of the daughters are pregnant at three. <laughs> we three of the daughters right. are pregnant now. One just had a baby and there's two four-year-olds and a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so they're like, I, when I was having the seven, I don't think I understood how they're going to increase substantially. Yeah. But it's beautiful. No, it's not a complaint. So don't hear that. Well, as a complaint. I'm just saying that family does grow when you start out with a bunch to begin with. Well, and for the moms and dads that are, have young families, we're getting to relive our parenting again, you know, now we don't have to, they're not with us all the time, obviously, but, you know, as we we're starting to, we have three-year-olds over and we have five-year-olds over. So it's been interesting to see parenting from a new perspective as we have had grandkids. Well, because I I look back, I think with rose-colored glasses, I mean, and I look back with my kids being little and I remember it as a, I mean, I remember being a hard time and, and I was, and it was tired and it was exhausting, but it was, you know, fabulous and it went so fast and all the things. And so when the grandbabies come or when I see my daughters doing the day to day life of um, with small children, I'm reminded motherhood is exhausting. It is it is it takes everything out of you. You just go you just fall into bed thinking I can't possibly do this another day. And you wake up the next day and you do it again. And so it has given us some fuel to encourage parents where they are as a reminder of this is hard. I mean, looking back, it doesn't I don't remember it being that hard, but living it with my kids and their children, it is hard. Mm, it really is. I, so many moms now that I'm kind of into this journey too. And I have talked about how long the days are, but how short the years are. Right. And there's no way to understand that strange, ironic sort of feeling when, until you've really lived through it and you wake up one morning and they are 19 or 17 and you think, my goodness, I thought I went to bed last night and they were three. Right. <laughs> no, but the days are long. You're right. So I'd like to talk, Steve and I were thinking we would love to talk about marriage because marriage with seven kids, for us, marriage with five kids and some special needs going on in the family can be a relationship that can take a back burner on accident. And um, you guys have managed to really have a strong marriage and be able now to nurture and pour into other families. And so what has marriage looked like for you guys throughout all this time? Our most difficult relationship of all the ones. Yeah, at Crazy Go Family, we teach there's five relationships to pursue God and, you know, you you to God and then you to your spouse and then you to each of your kids, your kids to each other, like siblings as best friends, and then your kids to God. And those are the five relationships. And of all of those relationships in there, the one that I think that we had the hardest time with is the marriage one, because we were pursuing God at a really high level. We were pursuing each of our kids. We were turning our kids' hearts to the Lord, and we were, you know, investing in their relationships with each other. But when it came time for us to spend time together, so we're, how many years are we? Almost 32. Yeah, almost 32. Yeah, almost 32 years. Yeah, my parents, just FYI, have been married for 69 years. So we have a legacy yeah. to follow, yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah, they. Uh, but uh, yeah, 32 years. And I think there was the busyness. Uh, I think there's 
there's two major reasons. One of them was the busyness of life. And distractions along with the busyness. Is that what? Yeah, but also the other thing is, is just the um, the differences in our personalities. And maybe there's even a third one. The level, I think looking back on it, if I were to say where our struggles were, it was it was in distractions and the busyness of life, the differences in our personalities, and we didn't prioritize each other. Uh, we, we uh, you know, I think that both of us, when we look at the first, first, well, here, here's the way I would describe it is, and in and, 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 and all this, we have a good relationship. It's a matter of, it's not like we were, we never really, I mean, we didn't fight bad or whatever, but I'm just thinking about what's the difference between where we were and where we could have been. I think the first 10 years we talk about how we do our marriage in decades because, you know, it's we're, we're starting our fourth decade of marriage. But I think that first decade we were trying to turn each other into each other, you know, and, and I think that's that's something that we it took us a long time to learn. But I really wanted to systematize Suzanne because we had a lot of kids. And if she would just understand my systems then her life would be so much better, and 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 you know what? She never really bought in. I don't, you know, because that systems are great, but who's got time for that? I mean, as soon as we implemented, it, it's time. You know, they. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're. Yeah, Katie, you're pro. Your your family government. I'm like, girl, I could have used you 20 years ago. I mean, that's a beautiful system. That is beautiful. It has made such a difference, but I'm free spirited, so systems have also been a challenge um, in our marriage because he's very, you know, military on time. Being uh, early is being on time. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, we got five kids and their noses are running and someone just puked and she just in the moment. Her pants and, you yes. know, yeah. I live in the moment. I'm like, systems are the future. You know, I yes. can't have time for the future. Exactly. And um, on the other hand, she always says she wanted to turn me into a hairy woman that she, you know, just like I wanted him to, I wanted him to think like me, like load the dishwasher like me and mop the floor like me and see that the trash needs to be taken out and, yeah. and parent the kids like me and put talk to them like I do, you know, think like anyway. And so I wanted him to think like I did. And so we definitely used a lot of our, our energy to trying to point out the differences as if the differences were bad and we wanted to change them and we wanted the other person to become more like be more like me, be more like me. I mean, and then, I mean, just to, I do think in time that we did become more. I mean, we were separated in the beginning. We're two, you know, sinful, selfish, you know, people. And over time, you do grow together. And there are things that you find that are common ground and things that you, that your values rise up and you start seeing things that, okay, I value, I value a clean house. So it's a good idea to have a system in place here. You know, well, I value beautiful things. Okay. Well, then I'll help you keep the things beautiful. Yeah. I think in that first, 10 years too, we each felt we were kind of better than the other ones. Oh, yes. And so, and, and it took us a while before we really started to appreciate the value of each other. And, and that was a big breakthrough for us because we were able to see, wow, Suzanne really does is a great job connecting relationally. And, and you know, and Don's a moneymaker, he's going to go provide for our family. And, you know, and so there was, there's just things that we started to appreciate and we started to, and now we've come so far that we tell parents who, you know, what if you help your spouse become their best rather than become something different? 
You know, what if we help them to to become who God's created them to be, not who they created you to be? My family doesn't need two of me. Yeah, I, it, they don't need two Suzanne's, that's for sure. Two emotional feelers live in the present. We would not get anything done. Yeah. And so that was a big, but during that time, it was tough because we were busy and we were we were trying to change each other. And um, and we didn't really, you know, so much of it was condescending because, oh, I, I, you know, if you would just be like me, your life would be a whole lot better. You know, it's well, that's, we didn't it's say that, but yeah. our tone and our attitude definitely portrayed that. I mean, because we had the Christian, you know, we, we knew enough about Christianese <laughs> to not, you know, not talk bad about my wife, you know, or whatever, but I thought it, you know, so, so, and, and that came across the course to her, especially as a feeler, she, you know, and, and, kind of always with that feeling of we're not enough to each other and we're not prioritizing each other. I think those were the issues that really kind of kept us, kept a distance in our relationship. Mm-hmm. How did it change? What what was the turning point, if you will? So I think that there were, if you look back, that's a great question. I think that there were a few different turning points I can look back when when my mom died, which was in our second decade of marriage, and I went through grief and it showed us that there was a huge um, communication chasm. Like I, I wasn't he wasn't there for me, but I wouldn't even if he was, I wasn't allowing him to be. And so that was showing us why we think we're playing the game of being connected, but we're not truly connected. And I even think about that for you guys and for any of your 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 listeners with a child with a disability. There is a grief in that and grief carries its own emotional. I mean, it carries the anger, frustration, sadness. You know, it carries all of that. It has to be it has to be given space to process and. I just was just waylaid by the grief. It took me a year to get over the, you know, the the death of my mom. And it's been, you know, it's been 10 years and we're we're good. But that was one red flag that wait a minute, we're we're not in a in a good space. Yeah, I think there was a time I remember when I started to see Suzanne differently. Uh, I, I think part of it was because in my own personal walk with God, I was understanding grace and identity more which allowed me to see her differently as you know, and, um, and see myself differently as well. And um, I think that really helped to, uh, there was, a, I don't know what happened, but there was something that, that's part of it. But I just think there was a time when it kind of flipped for both of us. Thank God was gracious in that it kind of flipped for both of us at, at the same time to where we started to appreciate one another. And, and I actually think for men, when whatever we do, then our our wives tend to follow suit with that over time. If we do positive things, well, negative things too. I mean, you know, and I think that one of the things that happened was, is I started to appreciate her more, which I think in terms, let her appreciate me more. Mm. And so just to give Don the credit, I don't, there was a, um, I was working at a, a private school and um, there was a lot of spiritual things that were happening, battles and stuff. And I was, I'm an introvert and I was being exhausted being an extrovert and I was on a downward spiral withdrawing and, um, and Don got face to face with the Lord. And what did the Lord tell you? Well, I think that you were asking what happened. I think later on, that was really more in the last 10 years. Um, there was a, I think that, and hopefully this, this story will help people to do this sooner in their yeah. marriage is what is what the hope would be. So I think we're probably, you know, 
20, 20 maybe 20 something years into our marriage, Suzanne's it, it's coming off of working with a school. And I, I think I, we were just talking about how, you know, we can get into a functional pattern into our marriages and they just kind of stay the same. We, it's not bad. It's not awesome, but it's just something. And, you know, cause it's we more of a roommate uh, connection than it is a marriage. Yeah. And I mean, and we can, like I say, we know enough Christianese to know that we can be nice to each other. And we, you know, we don't go into these areas because we fight when we go to theirs, those areas. So we just kind of, and, and it becomes a little bit passive, a little bit functional and, and we were just, and I didn't, and neither one of us really liked that. We were, it wasn't bad, but we just didn't really like it. And and so both of us were kind of questioning, you know, what do we do? And, and I remember asking the Lord, what do I do? And and he said, you know, and, and, he, and he really took me to Philippians 2. And Philippians 2, that passage says, you know, with in all your relationships, consider one another better than yourselves and, and be like Jesus who, even though he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be pursued. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, <laughs> but he said instead he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name and all that. And, and as I'm praying through that, God said, how far are you willing to go for your marriage? And I said, well, how far is she willing to go? You know, I'm kind of, we're, we're, you know, well, I didn't ask that question, Don. I said, how far are you willing to go for your marriage? He said, are you willing to be like Jesus on the cross for your marriage? And I said, again, I said, well, what if she doesn't change? And he said, next question. He said, I, I'm going to give you a choice here. You can either dive into this. And, and really, a lot of what happened was, is that I would dive into things and I would get hurt. And so then, uh, and I'm like, well, I know better than that. I don't put my hand on the stove. Everything will be okay if I just stay over here. But in reality, that was sending Susanna message that I didn't care. And it really wasn't that I didn't care. It's just I didn't like getting hurt and I wanted to protect us both. And uh, But God said, I want you to dig into the problems. I want you to dive in and I want you to do this. And and guess what? You're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. And, and he said, I said, well, and I'm not going to guarantee you she's not going to change, but, you know, but I will promise you that I will heal you, that you, that when you get hurt, that I, you will come back to me and I will heal you because I'm bigger than any problem that you'll face. And so literally I just said, wow, okay, I have a choice, 30 years of where we are, or do I dive into some what real issues and see what happens. And it's, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And, and that's what she's talking about. And so I did, I just decided that that's what I was going to do. And honestly, it took about two or three years before I really felt like we started to see things break through. And that was probably seven or eight years ago. And today we, we have a much better marriage than we've ever had because we now, and I think now she fights harder than I do, you know, and for the change in our marriage and things like that. And I think that's also the way it happens sometimes is you never really fight at the same level, you know, and sometimes, and, and but, you know, to men, I'm just like, wow, man, if you'll fight, then every time I've tried to fight for our marriage over time, it has gone well. It, it may not have gone well in the moment. In fact, many times it was harder in the moment for days, weeks, months. 
but over the course of time, it's always gotten better. That was a long story. So sorry to say somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so good. And I think so many couples are going to resonate with, wow, like I, I understand I can, you know, they'll be able to place themselves in your journey at whatever point they're at and identify that no matter what, if they're willing to fight for it and surrender it to the Lord, that they can come to the place you're at. It's very, very encouraging. That is, in yeah. hearing that, it, it makes me want to just say to the, to the guys out there, mm-hmm. because we've seen it so very much in at least in the special needs community where where the dads are are not strong advocates for their kids as much as the mother or they're not as supportive in the family and in the effort to help the kid the way that the mother is and while that's somewhat different than what you're saying there the underlying message is Please do something. Please, please go after it. It's it's going to be hard and it's not going to be ultra successful to start with. It's going to be difficult every step of the way, probably. But it is so worth it in the end mm. or eventually. Yeah, it's so worth it. There was a dad, if you remember back in one of our neurodevelopmental um, courses that we were taking, there was a dad who stood up in the back of this big auditorium and he said, and I'll never forget it. And we love this couple dearly. We've stayed in touch with them. He, he was there by himself. His wife had taken the course maybe a year or more before and had been working with their son. He had not taken it, had not been supportive. And he stood up in the back of the room and he said, I finally understand. My child is not my wife's project only. He's my son too. And it has oh, to be wow. us. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And he really shifted and their marriage shifted. She told me, they both told us later when we saw them at other um, trainings and it just made a tremendous difference in their family. And little did they know that their next child would also be disabled. So they have two children. Yes. And so God was really working in their lives to bring him around before everything doubled. It does make a difference, a tremendous difference. And they're a beautiful, radiant couple who love the Lord and they shine. It wouldn't be that way if his heart hadn't changed and he hadn't started to lead with love in their family. Do you love what you're hearing? Follow our podcast to stay updated with our latest episodes, amazing guests, and hacks to reduce the overwhelm in your life. Plus, we joyously invite you to join our Facebook group. There you'll find valuable resources, engaging discussions, and a network of fellow homeschoolers. So hit that follow button, then grab the link in the show notes and join us in the Facebook group today. It's so simple. Support and refreshment are just two clicks away. I think I read a, I guess it was an article, I'm not real sure, that it talks about when a mother carries a baby, some of the baby's cells are left behind in the mother. And so the mother always carries that child with them, but it's not that way with the father. And so for the mother, it's just automatic. We're automatically connected, but the father, it's a constant choice. Mm -hmm. And then women, we are wired to be much more relational. Whereas men were, they're wired to get the job done, fight the good fight, you know, protect, you know, all the things. And so once again, it's a choice for this. So we walk in it naturally, but men do not. And so anytime a man steps up and chooses to surrender or decides to choose family, pursue his wife, you know, love his, you know, child, it's, 
it's not only beautiful, but it's powerful. It's powerful in the family, but it's powerful in the kingdom. It's powerful in the local, in the community, but it's powerful for eternity as well. Well, if you think about what men in the Old Testament did, they went to war. They and and they fought battles with and they fought the enemy, the enemy that was going to come and rape and pillage their home. So, you know, back then, if if an enemy conquered you, they would kill the men and they would rape and, and pillage the, the they would rape the women and, and pillage everything. Okay. So you take anything that happens physical in the old testament is spiritual in the new testament. Anything that happens, and so what happens physically in the Old Testament is spiritually and relationally happening in the New Testament. So, and you think about today with technology and the culture and everything going on, the man's battle where he is fighting on the front lines is actually relationally and spiritually in the same way that, and and you think about what a man did back in the day of, in the Old Testament day, a boy would learn to fight with a sword. And they would learn to go to battle or they had, you know, different weapons they learned to fight with. And, and I think it's it's really um, important that men learn to fight the relational battles and the connection battles in their home. It's like they, it, it, I call it now that I'm, I'm starting to develop some talks on it because I think it's so critical. I think men are awakening to it and there is this passion about it if we can unlock and I call it the second priority. It's it's I haven't I don't know if that's the name I'll stop on, but it's the one I have right now, because our first priority is our relationship with God. The second priority. And and if you think about what Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, and the second is like it. In other words, we love the Lord God with all our heart, soul and mind. Then we love our neighbor of which our most important neighbors, our family with all our heart, soul and mind. How do we do that? Well, we got to figure it out. And so, and when a man figures out that second priority and he first loves God, but then he really openly and and learns to love his most important neighbors, it unlocks his family and all those issues. I mean, you know, Jesus literally said in Matthew 10, he said, take up your cross and follow me. In Matthew 11, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Literally, when we do those things and we take up our cross and we go to battle, it makes family actually become easier. But we think it's going to make it harder. But I mean, I tell people all the time, I got seven kids and four sons-in-laws and five grandkids and family is the easiest thing I do every day. Why? Because everybody's connected. And there is strong connections and that makes things so much easier. That's how Jesus makes, that's how Jesus makes the yoke easy. Through the power of relationship, through making what's important to us, what's most important to Jesus. Hmm. Wow, I'm gonna yeah, have to, it's fantastic. You have to label this episode as like date night episode. Before <laughs> you bring your hubby. <laughs> well, and then, so you know, for the wives, they got to say, "Hey, don't elbow your husband at this point." You know, that's right. <laughs> that's right. No, <laughs> tell him thank you for all the good things he's already done, <laughs> and no. then encourage from there. No. Yeah, yeah. There's just so much around us that we see all the time in the special needs community, at least where there's so much stress and there's so much focus on the kids and sometimes not even on all the kids, sometimes just on the sick sibling. And uh, it, it can become where families are destroyed and yet it doesn't have to be that way. And when we can live biblically, like you're saying, not perfectly, none of us are going to do it perfectly, Mm -hmm. but there's so much power in that. 
we can shine so much of Christ's love and joy. It really does make a difference. Sure. And, and I'm really curious, Don. Uh, a lot of the work that you spoke about is is very personal and and transformative inside of you. And then, of course, that spills over into your marriage. But how are you able to model that to your sons and daughters mm -hmm. so that the next generation benefited from that? Or or was that just evident as it went along? Was was there anything to that, that you could share? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I think we would say the first 20 years of marriage and things that we modeled, it was not a good, it was not, it, it was an average model, I should say. It's not a poor model. And I think that from that, our our kids said, I want to be, I want to be more intimate with my spouse. I want to be closer to my parents. And so, so that's one of our, probably our regrets of life is that we didn't. That's why I tell people all the time, man, figure it out as soon as you can. Figure out every relationship line, particularly marriage, as soon as you can. Because, you know, I think overall, that's a legacy that we wish was a little bit better. I think they've gotten, it's getting better. They're seeing different things in our marriage now as we talk about it. But what would you say to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, like Don keeps saying, you know, figure it out, figure it out. Well, what does that mean? Figure it out. You know, that just feels like it's ambiguous. And so just to intentional, be intentional. That's where we would make not, not so much avoid each other, but we were just too busy to pay attention to each other. So what does that look like in a, in a busy household, even with a, a special needs child? What does that look like? But when you walk past each other, touch each other. Just just something as simple as that. Just just touch each other. I mean, we're neither of us are physical touch. And so that's that's a hard for us to do. Say smile at each other. I mean, that's another thing. Just smile. Just when you make sure that if you are in the same room at some point in time, smile at each other. Those are just little bitty tiny things that feed the relationship because the relationship is its own little entity and it needs to be fed. Yeah, you know, speak life to one another. You know that uh, so often we we talk about it in our with our parents that we encourage extravagantly and we correct carefully. Well, that's a great motto with your spouse too. That you know, be careful. Most of the time, I don't want Suzanne's correction. Honestly, I mean, I really don't. And you know, I may take it over time. And most times, she honestly doesn't want mine. But what if we wait until we're in a point where? The spouse is ready to receive it and open to receive it. You know, those just those things that you can do that are not they don't take any more time. Well, like in, in gratefulness is huge. I mean, and so that's where that's where if you're in a if you're not in a good spot, you know, if you can't even touch somebody when you walk by, like you've got you've got a barrier or a wall built up because there's been so much animosity or there's so much distra distraction that's between you, then um, a gratefulness is a great place. And make sure that you say something that, you know, thank you for going to work. Thank you for coming home. You know, thank you for anything. Fill in the blank. You know, that that has got a supernatural power to it. Gratefulness does. And so that's a great thing. But the, the most powerful thing to do together is sex. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> definitely. That. I mean, I'm sure that. I mean, that you just, just you totally that, set me up for that. That that's unspoken. I mean, that is just assumed. Oh, if sorry. that is not happening, if that is not happening, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that through all the stuff that the sex did work for us. Yeah. Apparently, obviously with seven children and yeah, a couple of miscarriages in there. Yeah. So nine, 10 pregnancies. While that is good, this one's better. Okay. Um, is, I doubt that. But okay. <laughs> is praying together. And oh. that is one of the things that in our first decade we tried to do and it was so clumsy. And once again, we were competing and I, you're going to say this prayer. Well, I'm going to say this prayer and I'm going to one up you. And it was uncomfortable and it was and so then our next decade, we literally didn't pray together. Can you believe that? We had seven children and we were not praying together. You, the enemy was just having a field day with us, knowing that there was a that there was a break in the unification of our marriage because we weren't praying together. And so we have hit a new stride with that. And it is the most powerful thing that we can do is to, I mean, obviously pray for each other, to pray for our ministry, Crazy Equal Family, to pray for our children and our grandchildren and, and all the things. And so I just want to encourage you parents, if you're, that's a, that's a, that's a lifeline and it's an anchor and it's what connects you to the kingdom. It's what brings heaven to earth. If you're not praying together and believe me, they told, we were told this, for decades, we were told, pray together, pray together, pray together, and we still didn't do it because it was awkward. I just challenge you and encourage you to get to the bottom of why you're not playing, praying together. Is it time? Is it, you know, is it there's, there, you don't like the way the person prays? I mean, I, I don't even know what all that would be, but figure it out and talk about it, intentionally talk about it and get that cleared out and pray together. It's the, that praying together, you would agree is better. I mean, better. I can't, I can't, oh gosh, I can't say that. <laughs> But yeah, that yeah, that's it is. It's powerful. Highly recommend. Minor, yeah. I I mean, smile, touch, and then sex is pretty good too. (laughs) Dart. And definitely a super important element. That is for sure. We'll have to make that a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is its own. Like, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. In the, yeah. yeah. The guys all of a sudden got interested. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Now, now the wife doesn't have to worry that he's going to feel like she's elbowing him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he can elbow back. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is amazing. Such, I mean, I already feel like this is so much amazing, just step by step. I don't know, just wisdom and um, knowledge for parents who are struggling. Um, so let's really quick review. Like the first thing you could do is pray together. Whether you have any kind of connection feeling or you feel like roommates, start with praying together. I mean, that right there is. And even with that, I mean, I think there's a, a, one of the things that she was talking about, the one-upping and things like that. I, even technique-wise, is just to say a little sentence prayer and then let your spouse say one, you know, so that it's not, oh, Heavenly Father, let me do that, you know, and you go through this long deal and you pray for everything under the sun and then your spouse goes, okay, amen. You know I mean? But just allowing your spouse to pray together just with short prayers, I think is is really good because um, then there's not a competition or there's not a one side dominates type deal. So even that is a good way to do that. Yeah, I really like that. I think too, the more authentic we are, the more real, the more willing to be completely imperfect, the better. And, you know, that goes for everything in life, but especially in marriage, the more genuine we are, 
even in our praying together, the more we can connect. Agree. I'd like to thank CTC Math for contributing to keeping this podcast on the air. It's a very convenient program for busy moms like you and me. Head over to ctcmath.com and tell them we sent you. Probably hard to go into a podcast and, and say stuff like, well, we had these struggles in our marriage for all so many years. And, um, you know, then I think, well, gracious, how awesome is it that several hundred or thousand people or more are now going to hear about this and the switch will flip for them. Don't wait. Go ahead and start working on this now. Mm. Establish yeah. those lines of communication and 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 get to it quicker. And, you know, we often wonder, what do we do with all this hardship in our life? Mm. And so, in a sense, we're sharing what we've learned. Uh, so it's not, it's unproductive. It's not right, right. per se, but <laughs> it, it's valuable. We learn from it and we share it from other. And I have no doubt that uh, that your children have been blessed to, to yeah. see the progress that you've made in your marriage and the people who have uh, participated in in your ministry and whatnot are also. And and so they're getting that life lesson that says, hey, go ahead. Don't wait. Act now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead. Right. Yeah. This. It's so, so much yeah, fun. Just, Have a good marriage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, and so I did want to sort of point that out to the listeners and the audience. You're hearing firsthand folks who, who are a little further down the road than we are, and maybe we're a little further down the road than you are. And so if we're talking to someone who's, in their first couple of years of marriage mm-hmm. where you just had that kid and now you're walloped with what mm-hmm. do we do now? This is great advice for you. What you just heard there. Yeah. Really good advice. <laughs> yeah. I would even, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is we have, we have what we call our family dashboard, which has those five types of relationships where God's at the top and then the marriage kids underneath and we draw lines to connect them all. And, and we think about, you know, the, the most important relationship is your relationship to God. You know, the parent to God relationship is the most important. The marriage is second. And, and we know that, but, and, and please hear me, parents of special needs kids. We are not saying that we understand what you're going through because we don't. And I just, I'm amazed. I've seen, been around a few families that have special needs kids. And I'm always amazed. There's two things I'm always amazed at. One of them is, Usually, like you were talking about your child, they're usually happy children. And, you know, it just seems like God, you know, he gives those kids such joy and you just see a big smile on their face. But I'm also just amazed at how the parents just get up every day and go to work with that, you know, and just do it all. And so, man, super impressed with anybody out there doing that. But what I would tell you is the same thing I tell people that are going through hard times or maybe it's work is really stressful or whatever the the harder things are, the more we need to focus on the essentials. And, and it, you know, the harder things are, the more we need to focus on our relationship with God. The harder things are, the more we need to focus, you know, on our marriage. And so, um, and I know that's the hardest thing to do, but it, and it might take 15 minutes, but those things are super valuable. It might take, it might take a, you know, just taking a walk or whatever. And, and that's where spouses, I think that's where we did a good job there's two things I think we did that were good in those first only two things we did only two things we did that were good in our first 10 years of marriage. But, um, but no, there were one of them was, is that um, we gave each other space. 
And so like I would come in and, and, and take the kids and do something or Suzanne would let me or whatever. And we gave each other space. And the second thing is that we, we got away together. At least, you know, like around our anniversary, we'd get away for a day. We might take a baby with us because we always had a baby. But I mean, but, you know, we would we would go and and uh, and be a part, be a be together. So even in the hard times, I think it's so good to focus on those important relationships. I agree completely. All right. You've given a million gold nuggets here, a million. But if you were to have an opportunity to say one to two things to a special needs family who's just gotten a diagnosis, they're, you know, looking at their spouse going, oh my gosh, you know, this wasn't great to begin with. Now what? I mean, I feel like you've already said 10 amazing things, but what would you say? What would be your summary at least of, you know, what that parent should do? Yeah. So uh, Matthew 22 said, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it's all about. That's what I would sum up this conversation. And I would sum up that situation that it's all about the relationship. And so what are you going to do? I mean, and so you've been given this puzzle piece in your family of a, of a child that's going, that's going to be difficult. I mean, reality is. And so how is that puzzle piece going to fit into the relationships in the family? How is that puzzle piece going to enhance the marriage relationship? We know it's going to distract from it. We know it's going to detract, take away from it. We know that that's going to play out automatically anyway, just from the sheer work that it causes to, to take care of. And so you don't even have to focus on that. You don't even have to think about that. Think about how is it going to bless our marriage? How is it going to impact our marriage in a positive way? And what is it that I can do with my time and my energy, my effort, my intentionality to invest in that relationship? And that, of course, I mean, we're talking about marriage today, but that goes for all of your kids, too. I mean, what you've done, Katie, to invest in your 19 and 17 year old so that they will now take care of your special needs child, that's relationship. You built relationship. You built it within your family so that they don't resent Levi. They don't, they're not mad at him because of, they're not mad at God because God didn't send you a perfect child because you focused on the relationship. And that's what it's all about. And so families out there just know that that's, that's what it's all about. No matter what, no matter what the diagnosis is, no matter what you've been given, we all get to work on relationship. And it's, and when you think about it, when you focus on it, it's actually a lot of fun. I mean, it's if you look at it that way, it's actually a, it's a challenge and it's exciting. And and I think it's John. It says that, you know, a, a new commandment I give you to to the love the Lord God, all that, whatever. But he says, but to love like Jesus loved. And so if you take that your relationships and if you love like Jesus loved, then, OK, how do I love my spouse when I'm exhausted because I've been taking care of someone else all day long? How do I love that child that's that's in my my mind more than I can handle? Oh, I invite Jesus in and then he gives it to you. I mean, and that's the that's the heaven to earth, right? That's the superpower. That's when we get to be a part of a miracle. When we get filled up with God gives us what we need in the moment when we're at our very end. And so it's I mean. I hope that this is not um, offensive. No, that not at all. You know, parents out there with you, you guys with your special needs. And once again, I'm not coming from a place where we have experienced it, but there is a blessing that you're walking in that the rest of us don't get to walk in. 
There is an anointing that God has given you because he's not going to give you something that you can't handle. It's almost like you've been given us. I mean, and I'm assuming us, you know that a special gift that feels like a lot of hard work on this side of heaven. But the stuff that's happening on the spiritual realm. Wow. Lucky. Are you <laughs> lucky? So anyway. Yes, we have had many, I have especially had many interactions with many mothers who agree 150% with exactly what you just said, that this is some form of an amazing blessing. And I think we feel it, you know, despite the hardship, there's such a richness and yep. Yeah. And I I don't think anybody's going to hold it against you. You don't have a a special needs child. Having seven is a lot like having Uh a special needs child. Or having a teenager, even just one teenager, you know. Oh yes, we know that, don't we? We we do. Oh, so I know everybody's going to want to find you guys. They're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, where can we find more Don and Suzanne?" So, can you tell everybody, please, where are you at? Well, so the best thing we're in Texas. Oh no, that's not what you mean. Okay. Our address is no. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. crazycoolfamily.com is the website and about to actually, uh, not sure when this airs, we're in the process of really changing our website, coming out with some great new materials. We have our own podcast, crazycoolfamily.com podcast. Really though, my our heart for parents is we took years ago, we decided to, uh, I remember being a young parent going, I wish somebody would write me a guidebook. Somebody to tell me, you know, just give me a vision for how to raise a godly family because it was all fragmented. And so a few, several years ago, we decided to do that. And that's what our book, Crazy Cool Family, available on Amazon. You can go get it is there. But really, the best place to do that is a, and it's on our website, too, is a membership site called Basecamp. And if I had one thing I'd love for parents to do is to go to our Basecamp web. It's a free membership site. How do they get there? Basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com. And it's also, or you can go through our regular website. There's about 10 courses in there. They're all short videos. And we basically just poured out our hearts of 30 years of parenting, digested into one like vision curriculum, if you will. And and I was talking to a guy at lunch today. I said, you don't have to go through it fast. I mean, you can literally, it's all sitting there. It's all free. It's all simple and it's easy to use. And you could go through it in three years if you want to. But I mean, you know, it's just one video at a time. That's what if my heart for parents is, is that because that's like our 30 years of parenting and say, look, here are the concepts you need to believe in to have the best chance to raise a family that loves Jesus, loves you, love each other. And so that would be our first and foremost. Well, and I would just say that parenting is hard. We all agree that it's hard. And so we need to be encouraged along that journey. And that's what Basecamp does. It's a 10, 15 minute video that will just encourage you. And it's not a list of things to do. It's practical things and that you can do, that you could do if you, if you felt, you know, if you wanted to. And so that's what it is. Yeah, just like, it's an encouraging drip, you know, for your, you know, parenting journey. And it's going to give you the things you need to go out and inspire you to change the way you believe about parenting. You know, for example, we're going to talk about the encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. Okay, that took me like 10 years to get that in my life. I mean, so it's it's stuff that's going to be stuff like that, that you're going to say, oh, okay, I need to, because I need to correct carefully. Okay, I need to go over that. I need practice with that again and again. You know, how to celebrate the difference differences in your home. That takes years to figure that out, you know, to bring out the best in your kid and your spouse, things like that. So just those simple concepts 
that they're not they're profound and they're hard to implement, but they're simple to understand. So that's where basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com would be a great place to get started with us. I love that. And you know, I had this great idea. So we're big advocates of after work having what we would call couch time. I think we learned that from some course we took yeah. early on in our parenting. That's a, that's too, yeah, yeah, 19 back in, yeah. Yep. Loved it. And um, so we would always sit and connect for, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes if we could more, but not always, you know, on a commute, mom could listen to the, to your course on the way to pick yeah. up groceries. Dad could listen to it on his way home. It gives you a great topic to talk about during couch time every day. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be a great way to have some good, deep conversation and make some really awesome improvements. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for being here. This was such a blessing, such a gift to every person, including us, who has gotten to listen to you guys. And I'm excited to have you all back. I've got like this long list. I could keep you busy forever. <laughs> all the things I want to talk to you all about. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you can talk to us, but you can also just go watch a base camp and then just summarize it. Watch this <laughs> yeah. video. It was amazing what I learned. It was so good. Anyway, is a good idea too. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you both. This was just amazing. Well, thank you guys too, for your work too. And just, uh, uh, and to the parents that you're dealing with, you know, I just want to reemphasize, we have no idea what you're going through, but just thank you for the service that you're doing to your children that have the special needs, because it is a, it, it is just, I I am just absolutely blown away at parents that have special needs kids and the dedication and the effort they put you guys put into it. I I just think it is truly a gift from God and is it is so amazing what what you do. Thank you. I think there's a lot of parents who will be feeling loved to hear that encouragement. Mm, Hope so. Thank you. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.